Hello, this is Frank. And this is Bobby. And you're listening to the audio portion of our TV program, An Overcoming Life. This is a program of anointed teaching and overcoming testimonies. If you want to be blessed, then keep listening to this program once a week. Please let us know if you were inspired by the program. Our address is P.O. Box 53, Tallahassee, 32302. And our email is intercedingprayer at yahoo.com. Thank you for watching An Overcoming Life. We have a treat for you today. Melinda, our co-host, is going to be sharing with you a word that God gave her, and you're going to be blessed. Melinda, thanks for being on the program. Always a privilege. I'm I'm delighted to be here and happy to uh, share with you what the Lord has given me for this week. Amen. And uh, it's exciting to me, so we're going to get right into it. Um, The title of this message is called The Sign of Jonah. And um, I just want to say, and many of you maybe have heard this on the news recently, but on June the 11th of 2021, um, the news came out with a story of a man. His name was Michael Packard. He was 56 years old, and he was a professional diver for lobster, a fisherman. He had his own business. And um, he had someone, of course, with him uh, on the boat as he was diving down. But anyway, Michael was about 50, no, I'm sorry, about 30 feet down into the water. And uh, all of a sudden he said he felt something just hit him. I mean, he said it felt like a truck had hit him. And he didn't know what in the world had happened. And the person that he had on the boat could see all this uh, turning of the water. And he knew something was wrong. Something wasn't right. But he didn't know what. So anyway, uh, Michael said that the next thing that he experienced was that um, there was just total darkness. There was total darkness. And so he began to think to himself, have I been attacked by a white shark? Because apparently there are white sharks in the area where they uh, die for the lobster. And he said, but it was just total darkness. And there was just all this water still just swooshing around him and swooshing around him. And he said that uh, all of a sudden he says to himself, no, it's not a shark. It's not a shark. I don't feel teeth. But he was he was inside. He knew he was inside of something. And finally it hit him. I have been swallowed by a whale. And this man, this this whale had come and taken Michael into his mouth. He had Michael in there. And when he discovered, you know, this is what it was, he said he began to, uh, you know, take his hands and his feet and he was kicking. He said in his legs, he felt like they were broken, that his legs had been mm. broken. But with everything within him, he, he just began to fight. And he said at one point he said to himself, um, this is the way I'm going to go. I'm going to die. And he just said that all of a sudden the whale just started going back and forth with his head like this, like this. And he just kept fighting and fighting. And all of a sudden the whale spewed him out, spewed him out of his mouth. He said when he did, he said there was just more water. And he, he felt like he was just in a, in a tunnel with the water, water spinning all around him. And the next thing he knew, he was at the top. And, of course, the man that was on the boat saw him. And uh, he said, are you okay? Are you okay? And he just said, just get me in the boat. Get me in the boat. And he said, I think my legs are broken. So anyway, they pulled Michael up. And, of course, uh, he called 911, and they headed back to uh, wherever they had, you know, the dock was. Anyway, they took him to the hospital, and um, he did not have any broken bones, which was amazing. He did have some flesh wounds. But uh, that was it. So there's been several interviews 
and you're going to see one of them that we will play for you at the end of this program, uh, and you'll be able to watch it. Uh, but he was interviewed by uh, Jimmy Kimmel and several other um, news networks. Um, so, you know, I remember hearing about it briefly. I heard about it. But, you know, I thought, well, that sounds pretty incredible. But I never did think anything else about it until this week. And this week, I opened up the scripture, and it was found in Matthew 16, 1 through 4. I'm going to read that in a minute. But when I read that, that scripture, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit brought back this story to me. And he began to put something together here for me to see. And, you know, there's a lot of people that read the Bible. They read uh, the accounts of what happened in history and they don't believe it. There's a lot of people that don't believe that uh, the earth was destroyed by a flood. Uh, others don't believe that, uh, <laughs> you know, the story about Jonah and the whale. They don't think right. it could be happening. But you know what they reported? There's a one in trillion uh, chance that this would ever happen to a human being. One in a trillion chance that this would happen. It happened to Jonah. We know it did. We believe it did. Because the Word of God tells us it did. And it was a symbol, as we'll get into in a minute. But this also happened again now, even though he didn't go into the whale's belly, actually, and he didn't spend three days and three nights. He said approximately he thinks he was down, he was in that whale's mouth for maybe 40 seconds, or a little bit longer, before he was spewed out. But it did happen. And there is a witness that showed that it happened. So, I'm going to get into the scriptures in a few minutes, but uh, anyway... I just want to tell you that Jonah means dove, his name. And Jonah was a prophet who was very dedicated uh, to the Jews. And um, he is the only Old Testament prophet that was ever sent to minister to the Gentiles, which Gentiles were non-Jews. He was the only one sent to minister uh, to them for the Lord. And so, uh, you know, you can read the book of Jonah. It's only like four chapters. I encourage you to read the whole book of Jonah. You'll be blessed. But anyway, uh, God told Jonah to go. And he told him to go and preach mercy and repentance to the enemies of the Jews, which were the Assyrians. Well, the capital of where the Assyrians were located was called Nineveh. So Jonah began to resent the fact that God was desired to spare their wicked capital, Nineveh. And that, you know, he was going to be sent there because they were Gentiles. He didn't even want to go. <laughs> and so he flees. Uh, he flees God's call and he runs to a place called uh, Tarshish. And uh, on his journey, he, he ends up in the belly of a whale because he's running from God. He gets on a ship and all of a sudden there's all this turmoil and a storm comes up. And the men begin to say, what's happened? Who's caused this? And, you know, you know, somebody better speak up and tell us what's going on. So Jonah finally said, I'm the one that's causing this. I'm running from God. Well, it didn't take long. He, sa he told him, he said, well, just throw me over and this will stop. <laughs> and they all came around him. And guess what? He got thrown over. And as a result, he got swallowed by this whale. So after three days, he was in the whale's belly for three days and three nights. And you should hear the experience. I mean, you need to listen to it. I mean, it was almost like, I mean, it was like death for him. And how he began to cry out to God to spare his life. But anyway, uh, after he was spit upon the land by uh, the whale, he agreed that he would do what God told him to do to begin with. And that was to go and preach to the people that needed to hear it. Amen? The Gentiles. So he goes, and uh, these people ended up repenting, and uh, God spared the judgment that he said he was going to bring upon them. 
Okay? So anyway, now I want to read Matthew 16, 1 through 4. Listen to this. It says, One day the Pharisees and the Sadducees came to Jesus. Uh, Jesus' claim of being the Messiah by asking him to show them some great demonstration in the skies. They wanted a sign. They were asking Jesus for a sign. And Jesus replied, Oh, you're good at reading the weather signs of the skies. Red sky tonight means fair weather tomorrow. Red sky in the morning means foul weather all day. But you can't read the obvious signs of the times. That's what he was uh, wanted to emphasize to them. You, you can look at the sky until this and that, but you can't determine the signs of the times. And we need to be determining the signs of our times right now. It says this, and then he said, this evil, unbelieving nation is asking for some strange sign in the heavens, but no further proof will be given except the miracle that happened to Jonah. Then Jesus walked out on them. He left, okay? So, you know, these Pharisees and Sadducees were looking for a sign from Jesus. Jesus had been performing miracles, signs and wonders. He was healing the blind, the lame, casting out devils, healing the sick. And he, and he fed twice thousands of people with a, a few small fish and, and bread. And he multiplied it and was able to feed them. Now, these Sadducees and Pharisees might not have been able to maybe see all these miracles, but you know they were hearing about them. You know they were hearing about them because they came to test Jesus, saying, show us something, you know. And so anyway, so they, they, they knew that he either they heard or they heard or they saw that he did miracles. So, you know, how many signs does it take before we're going to believe? How many signs do we need? That's the question I ask today. How many do we need to believe that God's word is true and he's going to perform everything that he has said in this word? He says not one jot or tittle will fall to the ground of what his word says. It's all going to come to pass. And you know, even the sign of the rainbow, think about it. Whenever Noah, God spoke to Noah and said, build the ark. And he did. And he said, there's a flood coming. He told him, take your uh, family onto the ark. And he did. And he told him to take all the animals, two of them on there. You know, nobody believed it was happening. They thought he was crazy. But he obeyed God and he built the ark. Okay, and guess what? The flood came and the earth was destroyed by that flood. But nobody believed. It said they were still living their lives, doing what they wanted to do, having pleasure, living in sin until the day that the flood came and took them all away. That rainbow is still being shown today. We can see it, especially after a rain. That rainbow appears in the sky, and it is a sign of God's covenant to man that never again will I ever destroy the earth with floodwaters. But it's still a sign, amen, of His covenant. Not just for that, but His covenant of what He's promised us in the Word of God. Amen? And also, this sign of Jonah, it is a confirmation. What has happened to this man is a confirmation that God's Word is true. And everything he says is going to come to pass. So, in Matthew 12, 38 through 40, Jesus said, or the word of God says, For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so likewise the Son of Man will be there three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And that's exactly what happened. Jonah was a type and symbol of Christ, the Messiah. And he said, this is the sign you're going to get. And that's just what happened. Jesus died on the cross. He went down to the center of the earth. He went into hell. And he was there three days and three nights. And then God raised him up out of there. Amen. And so it was a sign. 
So, what are the signs that the times we're living in now? What are the signs? Are people going more toward God, following God more? Or are we seeing a turning away, more of a turning away and following darkness and more and more sin? Well, when I look, I see that happening. Yes. I know that we have uh, Christians in the world, and I know that uh, there are people standing and praying and believing, and I know there are a lot of them, but there's still a lot of people t not turning to God yet, and they're out there in the darkness, and they're living for the devil. Amen? Right. So, uh, or is there, you know, people are drifting away. So we need to be in observing what God's doing. We need to know. We need to discern the signs of the time. Can we mark what is satanic? And, or, and can we mark what is of Christ? Can we tell the difference between the two? Jesus says there is no reason we should be deceived. He's given us warnings in his word. He gives us signs. He gives us uh, confirmations. So if we're spending time in the Word and, and continue to absorb this Word and live in this Word, we don't have to be deceived. We don't have to be off track. Okay? So, I'm going to give you the definition now of what deceive means. Deceive means you're misled. To cause to believe what is false or disbelieve what is true. To cheat. To disappoint. To delude to ensnare, to deprive by fraud, to beguile. We've heard that word beguile before in the garden. That's what Satan did. He, he beguiled Eve. He, he deceived her into believing that, oh, God didn't say this. God's word's not true. I'm, I'm sure many of you are saying today, well, I don't believe the Bible. I don't believe it's inspired by God. But my friend, it is. Yes, it is. Yes. Uh, it also means to amuse so as to divert attention. Divert our attention away from what we need to be paying attention to. And I'm telling you right now, that's what I did. When I heard about this man being swallowed by the whale, I heard it and I thought, that's pretty incredible. But that was it. It just kind of went away from me. But then the Holy Spirit brought me back to it. And then I, I sat and watched his testimony. I watched what he said. And then the Lord took me to the book of Jonah. And then I said, Lord, I know what you're saying now. We need to be paying attention to what's going on, especially in this hour. So now I want to turn over and I want to read in the book of Matthew, in Matthew chapter 24. And I'm not going to read the whole chapter due to time, but I am going to hit on highlights in, the, in, the, in uh, Matthew chapter 24. That whole chapter, if you'll go and read it, and I'm encouraging you to do it, Jesus is telling everything that's going to happen before he comes back. He, he spells it out. What is going to happen? What is going to transpire? But I want to start with verse uh, 24. It says, For false Christ shall arise and false prophets and will do wonderful miracles so that if it were possible, listen to those words, if it were possible, that tells me it's not going to be possible. But if it were possible, even God's chosen ones, another translation says God's elect would be deceived. We don't need to be deceived. Yeah. We don't need to be running off after false prophets. That's we don't right. need to be running after false uh, anything, uh, false Christ. Uh, running to the desert. People are saying, well, we saw Jesus. Well, you know, thousands of people running there to see him. No, he says, don't go there. Don't do that. That is not the way I'm coming. <laughs> he tells us what's going to happen in his word. So it says in verse 26, so if anyone tells you the Messiah has returned and it is out in the desert, don't bother to go and look. Don't be running out there. 
or that he's hiding at a certain place. Don't believe it. For as the lightning, listen to me, as the lightning flashes across the sky from east to west, so shall my coming be when I, the Messiah, return. And wherever the carcass is, there the vultures will gather. It says in verse 30, And then at the last signal of my coming, he's going to give us a signal. At the last signal of his coming, will appear in the heavens, and there will be deep mourning all around the earth. All the nations of the world will see me arrive in the clouds of heaven. That's where you're going to see Jesus. That is where he's going to appear. We're all going to see it. You know, there was a time when we couldn't even figure that out. People say, well, it can't be. How can the whole world see it? The through the technology we have today. Yes. Through the technology, that's how they're all going to see him. He's going to arrive in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And that's why you're going to see the earth and people starting to, uh, you know, uh, be afraid and be in great fear. Okay, it says, And then I shall send forth my angels with the sound of a mighty trumpet blast, and they shall gather my chosen ones from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. Thank God if we're still alive when this happens, Bobby, we're going to be gathered. <laughs> right? Yes. We're going to be gathered. We're going to gather. Because we're born again. Amen? It says in 32, Now learn a lesson from the fig tree. When her branch is tender and the leaves begin to sprout, you know that summer is almost there. Just so when you see all these things beginning to happen, you can know that my return is near, even at the doors, then at last this age will come to its close. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words remain forever. His words remain forever. But no one knows the day and the hour. When the end will be, not even the angels. So when you hear people predicting, oh, uh, we've got to 2024, we've got to 2026, or whatever they're saying, they don't know. That's right. God has given us signs. He's given us uh, His Word to go by. And this is what we need to be listening to. Nor, no, nor even God's Son. Even Jesus doesn't know. Only the Father knows. But there will be a day when God will look at His Son and say, Jesus... It's time. And when he says that, he's coming. The world, listen to this, the world will be at ease. Banquets and parties and weddings, just as it was in the time of Noah, before suddenly there was a flood. People wouldn't believe what was going to happen until the flood actually arrived and took them all away. So shall my coming be. It's going to be sad for those that don't know the Lord. Yes. It's going to be a sad day. Don't you know that when Noah, he could hear, don't you know they could hear the screams of yeah. mankind, people screaming and crying out? It was a horrible thing to hear, I am sure, or even if they got to see out the windows. I don't know, we weren't there, but I'm sure they heard it. I'm sure they encountered it. It was too late. It's too late. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So now I want to read, we're going to flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9 and 10. We need to be ready, my brother and sister. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, you need to get ready. 
It is going to happen. God's word is true. Listen to these scriptures, 9 and 10 of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 9 and 10. It says, don't you know that those doing such things, talking about the sins of the flesh, have no share in the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Jesus, there's, the word is telling, don't be fooled. Don't be tricked. Don't be deceived. Those who live immoral lives, who are idol worshipers, adulterers, or homosexuals, will have no share in that kingdom. They're not going to be there. That's right. Neither will thieves or greedy people, drunkards, slanders, or robbers. There was a time when some of you were just like that, but now your sins have been washed away. Glory to God. Yes. Glory to God. Jesus can wash you clean. Yeah. That's why he came. He, wa he washed them away. And we are set apart for God. And he has accepted you because of what the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of our God have done for you. Hallelujah. There's a way out, people. There is a way out. Okay. I want to flip over now and read in Galatians 5, 19. Beginning with verse 19, it says, But when you follow your own wrong inclinations, in other words, just do whatever you want to do. Live however you want to live. And that's what many people do. Oh, I've only got one life to live. Let's, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. And they just do whatever. So, when you follow your own wrong inclinations, your lives will produce these evil results. Now listen to me. Impure thoughts, eagerness for lustful pleasure, adultery of adultery, excuse me, spiritism, that is encouraging the activity of demons, hatred and fighting, jealousy and anger, constant effort to get the best for yourself complaints and criticisms, the feeling that everyone else is wrong except those in your own little group. And there will be wrong doctrine if it doesn't line up with the Word of God. It's not truth. The Word of God is truth. It's been inspired, it says, by God Almighty. Envy, murder, drunkenness, wild parties and all that sort of thing. Let me tell you again, as I have done before. That anything, that anyone living that sort of life, anyone, I don't care who you are, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I tell you, it grieves me. It grieves me. Not only, I mean, it grieves me because God loves you so much that He sent Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That you would not accept Him and believe and repent of your sins and be born again. God doesn't want you. He didn't prepare hell for, for us. He didn't, uh, he didn't prepare it. It was, it was prepared for the devil and his angels. And he's the deceiver. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and deceive. And he'll do anything he can to take as many as he can 
to hell with him. Amen? That's right. But listen to this. It says, but when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And here there is no conflict with Jewish laws. If we are living now by the Holy Spirit's power, let us follow the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Amen? We need to follow the Holy Spirit. My last scripture I'm going to read today is in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19. It says, I call heaven and earth today. This is what the Lord is saying. I call heaven and earth today to witness against you that today I have set before you life or death. God is not forcing anybody to accept Him. He's not. He doesn't force people. Do you think if He could force people, you know what, everybody would be born again this moment if He could force people. But He's done. He gives you a choice. He says He set before you life and death. Blessing or curse. Oh, that you would choose life. That's what I say today. Oh, oh God, help Him to choose life today. That you and your children might live. Do you know how, how you accept God and how you live your life affects your children? And there's a promise. As for me and my house, we will serve God. If you serve God, you're, there's a promise for your children. Choose to love the Lord your God and to obey Him and to cling to Him. For He is your life and the length of your days. And you will then be able to live safely in the land that the Lord promised your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Amen. The Lord wants you to know this sign that's just happened is just another confirmation that God's word is true, that God can do anything. He's a miracle worker. He can cause somebody to be swallowed by fish and have them to spit them out. Amen. It's a sign and a wonder. He loves you and he wants you to be born again. I'm asking you to ask Jesus into your heart. Ask him to forgive you of your sins, to be your Lord and Savior. Say, Jesus, you're the Son of God. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And he says, when you do that, you're born again. Lord, I break the power right now of the devil over every person that's listening to my voice now. I break the power of deception in this earth right now over all mankind. Let that spirit of deception be broken and let your glory come down and manifest, Lord, on this earth that millions will be swept into your kingdom. God, that they'll not turn their back on you, but they'll accept your son, Jesus Christ, and be born again. Amen? Amen. 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 Oh, The wow. sign of Jonah. Yes. We need to be tuned in, Bobby. And, you know, as I was listening to this, I was thinking how we really need to be praying for our loved ones. Yes. I mean, we don't want, God doesn't want any to be lost. He no. wants all to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen. And no matter how far they may have strayed, they can still come back and be in a right relationship with God. God's a forgiving God. But we need to really zero in and pray for them. We need to get out of our self-centeredness a lot. We agree today, Bobby. You and I agree as touching. Yes. The seed of the righteous, righteous shall be delivered. We're believing yes. for everybody out there, yes. for their children to come back to God. Yes. Amen. And folks, Jesus is coming back soon. Yes, He is. 
We don't know when, but it's going to be soon. Are you ready? This is Bobby. And Melinda. And Frank saying, God loves you, my friend. And so do we. This program was produced by the Overcomers Ministry, a nonprofit corporation. We have a team of loving, caring prayer warriors that will intercede over your request, pray, and email you back. Contact us at intercedingprayer at yahoo.com. This is Frank. And this is Bobby. Thank Thank you you for for listening. listening.